If you have your Bible, turn to the book of Colossians chapter 3. Learning to lean on Jesus. That'd be the greatest day in a Christian's life when they learn to lean on Jesus. You know, if you're leaning on your own things, on your own ways, you know what you're doing? You're having trouble. You're fighting it. But if you learn to lean on Jesus, you know when I get myself in trouble? When I'm leaning on myself. Yeah. I was saying about little Eden, where's he at, Eden? Uh, I took him hunting yesterday morning, and uh, it was early in the morning. He was he was fighting it. He was he was bobbing over, and he was he was bobbing over. Find you know what I did? I grabbed his little head. I said, "Here, yeah. lean on me." Yeah. You know what Jesus wants to do today? He wants you to lean on him. Yeah. If you've got a kid that's away from the Lord, lean on him. If you've got a husband that's away from the Lord or a wife, lean on him. Amen. I don't care what you're going through, lean on Jesus. Yeah. You know what? He's always going. He's always going to be that rock for you to Amen, lean on. Brother. You might be ready to give up this morning. Lean on Jesus. Learn to lean on him. Amen. You know what that does? That takes time. Right. You know, as a kid, uh, I had trouble learning. <laughs> I was a hard learner. But you know, the older I get, when I got problems, I just learn to lean on Jesus. Amen. I don't care what you're going through. He, he can see you through it. Yes. Colossians chapter 3, uh, let's read verses 10 and 11. And I appreciate the opportunity to preach, and I appreciate getting to see y'all, and y'all help me out. Good to see Carly back there. Good to see you. Uh, you know what? Uh, learning to lean on Jesus. Uh, Colossians chapter 3, I want to read verses 10 through 11. I don't even think I've got my... There we go. Colossians chapter 3, verse number 10. The Bible says, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Verse number 11. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all and in all. Amen. Father, we thank you for the day that you gave us. God, we thank you for loving us. Thank you for Jesus and what he did for us. Lord, not only that, what he's doing for us right now, he's making intercession for us. God, I thank you for the brothers and sisters here this morning. Lord, I pray there's one here that's lost. God, I pray that you touch them. Lord, like the song said, learn, help them to learn to lean on you, Lord, for salvation. God, we love you. Thank you, Jesus. I pray that you'd help us be with our pastor and his family through these trying times. And God, we know that you'll see us through all of these things. God, we love you and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want you to read verse number 11 again. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all and in all. I want to preach this morning on Christ. He's all you need. He's all you need this morning. Now, the Apostle Paul in his last couple of chapters he gives a warning. Paul is going to give a warning. Look at Colossians chapter number 2. Look at verse number uh, Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 4. Paul is going to give a warning to this church. Look here at verse number 4. And he says, This I say, lest any man should beguile you uh, with enticing words. Uh, number 1, I want to say, Paul gives a warning on the wisdom of man. You know what the wisdom of man will do? It will direct your life in a wrong area. Uh, Paul gives a warning of the wisdom of man. Look at uh, verse number 8 of Colossians 2. He says, Beware lest any man uh, spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. Uh, Paul gives a warning on the wisdom of man. 
Now the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 21, it said, The world by wisdom knew not God. Paul's trying to warn them of some things to stay away from. And number one, it's the wisdom of man. Now the book of James in chapter 3, verse 15, it talks about a wisdom that's earthly, that's sensual, that's devilish. That's what the Bible says. Say, so why do you say that? The world's wisdom, that's not like the wisdom of God. And uh, I think about uh, certain people, you'll try to get instruction from from the world, and their wisdom is going to lead you astray. Right. And I was talking with a man the other day, and he was telling a, a young man uh, how, to, how to have a happy marriage. And, and I'm listening to this, and I'm listening to his wisdom, and, and I'm, I'm shaking my head. I said, this is not right. And later on, I got that boy to side. I said, don't you listen to nothing he told you. Amen. You know why? The world, by wisdom, they knew not God. Right. So in chapter 2, the Apostle Paul is warning them about the wisdom of man. But second of all, by way of opening, he's warning them about the ways of a man. Look at Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 8. He says, beware lest any man... Uh, spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men. You know what? Men's got traditions. And, right. and Paul's warned them, you better be careful with man's uh, traditions. Yeah. Why? Right. Because man's traditions and God's ways don't always uh, line up. Right. Uh, the wisdom of man and the ways of man. Look at verse number 16. He says, Let no man... Therefore, judge you in meat or in drink. He's warning of the ways of man. Look at verse number 18. He said, Let no man beguile you of your, or your worshiping of angels intruding into those things which hath not seen. He says, Let no man. Now, I want to say as the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 16 and verse number 25, it says, There is a way that seemeth right unto a man. But the end thereof are the ways of death. Uh, Paul's warning them of the wisdom of man, uh, of, the, of the ways of man, because man will direct you wrong. Now stay with me, I'm building on something here. Uh, but he warns of the wisdom of man, of the ways of man, but I'm glad for this. He, he tells you what direction to go to in life. Uh, Paul, don't leave them hanging. He's going to tell them which way uh, they need to be going. Uh, I was thinking about this, uh, almost 15 years ago, uh, me and Jenna got married, and uh, we went to Nashville on our honeymoon, and, and we had no sense of direction, and we with no GPS, I don't think, and uh, we was going through Nashville, and we start seeing bars in the windows. We start seeing bars, and, and things start looking dark and dim. You know what happens? I didn't know what direction I was going to. And me being the, the spiritual man, I said, it's, it's fine. We're, we're fine. We're going in the right direction. And she said, I don't think so. And uh, you know, finally I said, you know, we need to get going a different direction. But the Apostle Paul, he's going to point this church in the right direction. Amen. Look here in Colossians chapter 3, verse number 1. Now, I want to say this about preaching. I'll take hard preaching, but give somebody a way out. Uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse number 1. He's going to tell them which direction to go to. In Colossians 3, verse 1, it says, If ye thee be risen with Christ. Right there it is. It's Christ. Look here. Seek those things which are above where Christ. He's pointing them into the right direction. And I want to say this. It's Christ. Look at verse number 3 of Colossians 3. 
For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Paul is saying you need to go toward Christ. Look at verse number 4. It says, When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall he also appear with him in glory. Paul is telling them you need to run to Christ. Now in Colossians, these four short chapters, Christ is mentioned some 26 times. Uh, Paul's telling this church, you need to be going towards Christ. Amen. Stay away from man's wisdom right. and man's ways, but head towards Christ. I'm preaching this morning on He's all that you need. You say, I don't know where to go to in life. I don't know what to do. Head towards Christ. Right. Uh, you young person, you say, I don't know what to do. I don't know nothing. Head towards Christ. Yeah. He's always going to lead you in the right direction. Right. We need to go towards Christ this morning. Uh, Christ, He's all that you need. Now I want to say this. There are certain things in life that are meant for one thing. Uh, they've got these fancy cars, and you know what you got to do? You got to put a special kind of oil in them. Why? Because that oil is made for that particular car. I want this for the ladies. There are certain hair products that are meant for a certain type of hair. And these ladies are smiling. If you don't believe me, men, you go to the grocery store and you start picking your wife's shampoo and, and conditioner and you're going to come back and she says, that's not for me. That's not for my hair. And, and you ladies, you start buying your, your husband's oil for his car. Uh, he's going to come back and says, honey, you do good uh, cooking and cleaning, but that's not the right oil for my car. Why? Because there are certain things in life that are meant for one thing. Uh, Brother Jared knows about cleaning. And there are certain cleaning products that are meant for a particular thing. Now, I learned that the hard way this week. I'm not going to go into detail. But I was cleaning a certain thing, and the chemical that I used did not like what I was cleaning. He said, what happened? It took a little bit of the paint off. Why? Because I was using the wrong uh, cleaning product. Now, I want to say this. Man's always trying to come up with certain ways to get rid of a bunch of products. You say, what am I talking about? If you watch QVC, uh, that, I don't watch it. I've seen it before. Uh, that's not really my thing. But uh, they'll have this closet, and it says these got these clothes that are hanging here. We want to offer you this one product hanging on one hanger. Now they're all hanging right down here. They're trying to get rid. Uh, they're trying to con uh, conduce things down to one thing. For you men, we've got 40 screwdrivers. Uh, they want to offer you a product. It's one screwdriver that has 40 different bits in it. You've got it all right there. Uh, for the ladies, you've got measuring cups. And they want to take this uh, 10 different measuring cups and they want to bring it down to one big measuring cup. It's got all your quarts and your ounces all in one thing. But when the Apostle Paul in prison here, uh, he penned these words to the Holy Spirit. He wanted them to see that Christ is going to be the only thing that you need. Amen. You don't have to have a bunch of things. You just need Christ. Uh, I want to say, number one, I want to say He's all that you need because of the sacrifice that was offered. His sacrifice that was offered, He's all you need because of His sacrifice. You say, why do you say that? His sacrifice was different than any other sacrifice. Yeah. His sacrifice was different than anything that had ever been offered before. And I want to say this. I try to sacrifice for my kids and for my family and for my church. And I'm not talking about for salvation, but for service. 
But you see that? I'm trying to sacrifice for them. But you know what? Uh, they was always looking for another sacrifice. Every year they'd bring that sacrifice and it wasn't good enough. Right. The next year they'd have to do it again. But you know what? When Christ came, yeah. He's the only sacrifice yeah. that has ever uh, been needed. Amen. In John chapter 1 verse number 29, He said, John said, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Why? Because His sacrifice was different. And I thank God for the sacrifice that He did. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 7, and verse number 27, it says, Who needeth not as those high priests to offer up some sacrifice for His own sins and then for the, the people's. For He did this one time. He did it once when He offered up Himself. His sacrifice was different. You see, uh, my sacrifice for life, my sacrifice might reach my kids. I pray that it does. My sacrifice will reach those kids and, and it might reach my family. But the truth of the matter is, my sacrifice is probably not going to reach the New York City. Uh, it's not going to reach that far. My sacrifice might just be here at this church right here. But you know what Jesus' sacrifice did? It goes all over the world. All of our missionaries... His sacrifice is, is, is beneficial to all areas of the world. Right. Now I want to say it's my sacrifice. A hundred years from now, uh, people say, who's Aaron McAlpin? Who, who is he? Who is his sacrifice? They won't know it. But I want to say for some 2,000 years, the sacrifice of Christ has reached all over the world. Uh, they're still talking about it. Uh, we might be talking about COVID and all this stuff, but you know what? The sacrifice that Jesus made is still going. It's still reaching. It's still uh, reaching uh, sinners. You know what it is? Uh, they've been singing about it. 2,000 years they've been singing about His sacrifice. It was different. Now, I want to say this back in our text in Colossians chapter 3. His sacrifice was different. The Bible says His sacrifice had no discrimination. Look at Colossians chapter 3 verse number 11. The Bible says, where there is neither Greek nor Jew. You see, the Greeks and the Jews, they was always going back and forth at each other. But you know what his sacrifice did? It had no discrimination. It's to the Greek, it's to the Jew. Look here in, chapter, in verse number 11. The circumcision nor the uncircumcision. They was always going back and forth, but it has no discrimination on them. Look at this, uh, the barbarian and the Scythian. You say, you know what a barbarian is? I don't know much about him, but Dad always told me, uh, us kids, he said, y'all act like a bunch of barbarians. And I know they had to be bad people because I knew what I was. But you know what his sacrifice did? It had no discretion. He said, uh, you could tear up a, 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 a steel ball with a rubber hammer. Now, I don't know if you can do that, but he said we can do it. Uh, but you know what that sacrifice did? It had no discrimination. It reaches all kinds of people. Black, white, Mexican, Chinese. His sacrifice had no discrimination. But I want to say his sacrifice was a delight in God's eyes. And I want to stop here. You say, well, how was, it a, how was it a delight in God's eyes? You see, God required a perfect sacrifice. And see, for years they've been offering those sacrifices, and that wouldn't do it. 
But finally, there was one sacrifice. Yeah. You know what God said? This is my beloved Son, and yeah. whom I'm well pleased. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, for, one, for once, there was one sacrifice. Yeah. It was offered for all mankind right. for all the time. Right. That blesses my heart. A Jesus sacrifice. It's still yeah. going. Yeah. It, I remember the day when His sacrifice reached me. Yeah. I was a lost, hell-bound yeah. sinner, and I realized that I needed that sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. I needed the sacrifice that only God Himself could give. Yeah. It was a perfect sacrifice. It was a delight in God's eyes. But all says it was a delight in my eyes. Yeah. Finally, I had peace. I knelt down and got saved. And yeah. I had peace. Why? Because I learned to lean on His yeah. sacrifice. It was a delight. Bless God, it's still a delight. I remember when little uh, Cash got saved. Yeah. I remember I, I was sitting back there and I remember I seen certain people that you, I never see get touched. You know what they were doing? They were wiping tears. Yeah. I looked around and there were certain people getting touched. You know why? Because it blessed the sacrifice of Jesus. Yeah. It's still reaching. Hey, It'll reach hey, down to old Cash. And uh, maybe one day, maybe he'll begin to proclaim that sacrifice. Yeah. But I want to say this, the sacrifice... It defeated Satan. This sacrifice defeated Satan. Bless God, it's a low-down devil. Uh, he's done for. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. You know what Satan said uh, when Jesus was crucified? Satan said, it's over, it's over. But I want to say on that third day, Jesus got up. Yeah. Why? Because His sacrifice is still going and going. And, and you might be here lost this morning. That sacrifice is for you. Uh, you might be here ready to give up. That sacrifice is still working in your life. Uh, uh, Satan said it's over, but Jesus said, no, it's just the beginning. Bless God for the sacrifice of Jesus. I want to say this. This sacrifice, it drives me to go on for Him. When I look back and see the cross and see what Jesus did, it makes me want to get up and go again. Uh, to, to see some young kid get saved, it makes me want to go on some more. Uh, when I look back and uh, you know what they wanted to do? They wanted to stone Him. Jesus came down and offered the perfect sacrifice and those religious people, they wanted to stone Him. But Jesus had better plans. He's going to keep on going. That's what it makes me want to do. No other sacrifice has ever will or ever will be talked about like the sacrifice of Christ. Right. Now I want to say this. I remember my mama as a teenager. Uh, she, she began to cry and she said, Son, I've sacrificed. I've, I've gave my life for you. Uh, if you wouldn't have nothing. What for me and your father? And I look back and I see how hard she worked yeah. and, and what she went through. And, yeah. and you don't realize it until you get older in your 30s, maybe closer to 40, but you realize how much your mom and dad sacrifices for you. Right. You young kids, uh, your, your, your parents sacrifice. They give it all that you ha might have a better life. But you know, I love my mom and daddy, but there's no other sacrifice like the sacrifice of Jesus. Right. He'll love me more than my mother and daddy. That sacrifice uh, keeps on going. Uh, mom will sacrifice that she might be able to go to college. You want to appreciate that. But my friends, Jesus, His sacrifice, it keeps on going. Amen. The sacrifice that He went through. Uh, number two, He's all the sacrifice uh, for your sins that's ever needed. Right. He's the only thing you need for your sin. You say, you're here, I've got sin in my life. That's good because Jesus came to take care of your sin. Right. Uh, John 1.29, I've already read it. 
Uh, Jesus said, or John said, Behold the Lamb of God which takes it away. You got sin in your life this morning. He's come to take it away. Uh, He's come to take your sin away. He comes to forgive your sin. Thank God for that. In Mark chapter 2, verse 1 through 5, there was a man sick of the palsy. He was sick of the palsy. And you know what Jesus said? He said, Thy sins be forgiven. Thank God for that. I'm glad that Jesus will forgive my sin. In Luke chapter 7, there was a woman with an alabaster box. Uh, She came, she gave all that she had. And you know what Jesus said? Thy sins are be forgiven. I'm glad that Jesus came to take care of all of my sins. He not only forgives them, but He forgets about them. He said, as cast from the depths of the sea, from the east to the west. I'm glad He forgives, but He forgets about them. Thank God for the sacrifice for my sin. He's the sacrifice you need. He's all for your sin that you need. And I want to say this, He's all of my security that I will ever need in my life. He's the security that I need. In this world, there's thousands and thousands of security programs. And, and Brother Nathan, I'm sure he knows about them. But you know what these security programs do? They'll fail you. They'll let you down. They'll lie to you. They'll say somebody's in your house and you get there and it's an old squirrel that's moving the shades around or something. These security systems will fail you. But I want to say Jesus Christ, He'll never fail you. In Zephaniah chapter 3, verse number 5, it says, He faileth not. First uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 5, Who are kept by the power of God. He's the only security that you'll ever need. I want to say coming to close here, He's all the satisfaction that you'll ever need. He's the only thing that you need to satisfy your life. In Isaiah chapter 58, verse number 11, the Bible says, And the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul. So I'm down and out. I don't know where to go to. Jesus Christ is all you need to satisfy your life. In Psalm chapter 90, verse 14, He said, Satisfy us early, with thy mercy. You know what's satisfying to me is when I deserve judgment and God says, No, I'm going to give you some mercy. Amen. You messed up, you made a life, you made a mess of your life. I deserve judgment, but Jesus said, No, I'm going to give you mercy. Amen. That's a satisfying thought to know that Jesus wants to give me mercy. Everybody Jesus ever come in contact with, they got satisfied. Every single person they get satisfied. And I remember the day that I got satisfied. You know what? Before I was lost, I was miserable. Religious, lost, miserable. Why? Because I was trying to do it. I was trying to do it. I was trying to do it. But the best day of my life, when I gave up, I said, I can't do it. Yeah. Like the old army, they, they run up the white flag. And the morning that I got saved, I run, I run up the white flag and said, I can't do it no more. I give up. You know what it was? I got satisfied that day. John chapter 4, there was a woman at the well. Uh, she, her life was in a mess, but you know what Jesus came? He came and satisfied her. Right. John chapter 5, that man at the pool of Bethesda, he couldn't walk, had no man to put him in. Jesus came and he satisfied him. Now, yesterday evening, I, I took Eden deer hunting, and uh, you know what I was trying to do? I was trying to satisfy him, and, and we was right there, and we had this creek to go through. So I had my waders on, I picked him on my back, and I, I've got him on my back, and I'm going through this creek and water. I'm packing him, the backpack, and the gun. 
Why? Just so he could get satisfied. And, and we got there, and, and he shot the old deer. You know what we was doing? We was bumping chests, and we was doing like that. Why? Because it satisfied him. Amen. It satisfied him. I long for that. But you know what Jesus does? He wants to satisfy your life this morning. Yeah. He, 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 he's done more than pack you on your back. Yeah. He laid down his life that yeah. you might have eternal life. Yeah. He wants to satisfy every single person this morning. Uh, without Christ, you will die trying to be satisfied. And you never will. You know why they want another drink? They're trying to satisfy them. You know what? They want another drug? They're trying to satisfy them. Bible says Jesus, He satisfies every single person He comes in contact to.